You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Rique, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Bark Board. And Jackson, what a difference from the previous week to this past week, where Fresno State pretty much annihilates New Mexico. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that one? <laughs> yeah, that was a, a nice bounce-back performance and a nice way to spend senior day for the Bulldogs. And uh, it was really nice to see some of the guys that maybe don't get as much playing time get in there at the end of that game and uh, and actually uh, really step up and make some tackles. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, I mean, Kenny Gagnon has made quite a few tackles in his Bulldog career, but uh, Jason Diaz had two on that last drive as a walk-on cornerback, and that was really neat to see. And you've got to have a big lead to create those opportunities, and you know, the uh, the veteran seniors made that happen for some of the uh, the other seniors on the team. So that was that was really neat to see and a, a good moment. But yeah, from start to finish, Bulldogs were in control of that game. Um, you know, the offense has had better days, but they did more than enough to. They needed two to win that game, and the defense just never let New Mexico go, uh, get started. And, you know, it's not a, a great Lobos offense, but it's a, a tricky one that can break off a, a big play here or there, and uh, there was just very few of them. So it was just a really good, uh, sound day by the defense, uh, only giving up seven points, and the offense certainly put up enough scores to, to take care of business. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's beginning to uh, look like the the Bulldogs finally kind of got their uh, their you know the, their game plan together there against uh, New Mexico, and I do believe those seven points that New Mexico scored um, could have been prevented at one point, and it could have been a shutout, right, Jackson? I, I mean, it was a short field for New Mexico on that one, I believe. Yeah, uh, that one came in the third quarter. Um... The uh, the Bulldogs. I mean, they they were putting a shutout up until that point. They came out in the the second or the third quarter, excuse me, and and really drove down the field. But yeah, what, what happened was the Bulldogs had an interception on that drive, and the the uh, penalty called it back. So it looked like it was uh, Fresno State football, and instead the Lobos had it over again. And it wasn't just an interception; it was fourth down when that play happened. So New Mexico got bailed out two times in one play and they ended up scoring the touchdown two plays later. So, uh, yeah, that one could have been prevented had it not been for a, a penalty on that play. Yeah. So it, the Bulldogs definitely had a, a better day. And of course, uh, as always, there was a great turnout for, uh, recruits for Fresno state, uh, to be in the stadium on hand for this this win against New Mexico and Jackson, what did you see from uh, the sidelines? The standpoint of seeing these recruits on the sidelines, a good turnout. Yeah, uh, definitely more at the Boise State and the Nevada games. Those groups were just uh, huge and full of a bunch of high profile recruits. Um, this group also had some. We posted on the uh, the premium board a big list of those guys and a couple of key recruits. Um, one especially for this class that they're trying to, to haul in. I'm going to leave some of the specifics there to the premium board, but <laughs> um, a lot of uh, 2023 recruits as well for next year's class. They've been 
getting as many of those guys as possible in the Bulldog Stadium to get that class going. And um, yeah, but at a point right now where they've established a lot of their top targets, and a lot of them have already come to Bulldog Stadium once or twice, or even more, a couple of the guys. And uh, pretty soon here, once the season wraps up, they're gonna get a, a whole bunch of official visits in before signing day. So um, the Bulldogs, they have a little bit of a smaller class right now. It's a really good class, but. Uh, it's going to get uh, pretty fast and serious here right up until signing day. They've got eight commits. Uh, I imagine they're going to try to get six or seven more locked in before signing day. And uh, the Bulldogs, the way that the recruiting cycle works now, it's a year-round deal where uh, they'll keep recruiting into the February signing day, and they'll recruit all off-season long between the transfer portal and all the junior college recruits and high schoolers that get uh, overlooked. Um, this last year, even, we saw quite a few recruits identified in June and ended up on the roster two months later. So uh, it's, it's a whole deal, but uh, this is probably the most fun part of the cycle when it gets right up to signing day. Yeah, definitely. There's no, no shortage of, uh, of work from our standpoint of tracking recruits all year long now. It's, uh, it's a uh, 24-7 type of a job now, right? See how I threw that one in there, twenty four seven. But we are uh, we're definitely trying to keep our eyes open for any potential recruits for Fresno State, and we'll have those posted whenever uh, we find them. And uh, and then Jackson pretty much tracks them down and gets interviews, and and kind of gets you an inside scoop on the state of mind of recruits and where they stand with Fresno State. So keep an eye on that on the boards and uh, get the latest info on that, of course. So we are going to kind of break down what we saw here against with Fresno State against New Mexico. And offensively, it looked like Fresno State was getting things done. But Jackson, what's your overall grade? Let's start off with the offense. Uh, how did they do against uh, New Mexico? Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a solid day. You look at Jake Hayner, 24 for 31. It's a nice completion percentage. 300 yards, exactly. Three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of the day you're looking for, for Hainer to have on a, a regular day, and that's what he did. Uh, the running game was solid. Uh, Ronnie Rivers, uh, 20 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. It was actually a little tougher going on the yards per carry than uh, maybe anticipated for Rivers, but you know, he got the ball plenty of times and got some numbers and got his record-breaking touchdown. Uh, Jordan Mims actually ended up being more involved as a receiver. Uh, catching four passes for 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had uh, just eight carries for 20 on the ground. But they were both on the field for about an even number of snaps, which was nice to see. And really, about the first time that's happened in, in years because, um, you know, Ronnie was touched uh, carrying the load the last two seasons. And when Jordan spiked here recently, Ronnie Rivers was out. So this was the first game they truly shared. Uh, the backfield, uh, a pretty even number of reps, probably since 2018. Um, I mean, Josh Kelly had some moments. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing Raymond Powell score that touchdown. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that was just making amazing plays during fall camp. And with all the receivers on the Bulldogs team, it's tough for the tight ends to get involved sometimes. But he had a really nice catch and run for a, a touchdown. Um, the O-line was probably the weakest point uh, just because they had uh, quite a few penalties and just a whole lot of players coming in and out. I haven't seen an O-line operate like that in a long time. <laughs> I mean, they, they used, I think, eight or nine different linemen and a whole bunch of different combinations. Um, part of that was getting Matt Smith in there for 
senior day, but Bula Schmidt, the Bulldogs' typical center, uh, had a hand laceration and wasn't able to snap the ball. So he had to play guard. He had to have uh, mostly Bavaro play some center. Um, Torian Tenright played a lot in this game, and it was the first time he's ever played. Uh, he replaced Dante Bull for a while, so um, that, that was interesting to see. I know Bulls had an issue with penalties, and the Bulldogs, I think they had, had enough and let Tenright get in there and play some. So, uh, I mean, it sounds like that's still a work in progress, which is not what you want to hear in Week 12 coming up against San Jose State, but uh, they are tinkering with the line once again during this bye week and seeing if there's a, an even better lineup that they haven't had yet to this point. Yeah, and 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 you touched upon one thing there that uh, is is glaring for me, and that's the penalties in Jackson, uh, Fresno State. Uh, you know, now has gone in several games in a row where penalties have been a huge factor uh, in stalling the off uh, stalling the offense or or pretty much taking points off of the board. What can you? What is your take on this? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of unnecessary penalties happening. Can the Bulldogs get this cleaned up? Yeah, and I think often the question is, is it just, you know, because you're watching your team and you see penalties, does it just feel like it's more than than maybe a normal? But um, we ran a story uh, yesterday on statistics, and one of the ones I pulled up was penalties. And uh, there are some pretty glaring numbers where the offensive line for the Bulldogs alone take every other position off the team. Uh, just the O-line had, had 42 penalties this season, which is more than like eight total teams combined have had. <laughs> for There's like, you look at just the list of penalties from the teams that are the best to the worst, and there's eight full teams that have had less penalties than the Bulldogs O-line so far. And uh, Dante Bull has accounted for a, a good number of those. He's one of the nation na- nation's leaders in penalties on the O-line, which is kind of what fed into uh, the Bulldogs trying someone else there last week. So it is a legitimate concern, and it does seem to be zeroed in a, a lot on the O-line. But uh, it does seem like the, the defense and special teams, I mean, we just talked earlier about how the defense had a pick and a stop, and that, that got negated by a penalty. The Bulldogs also had a punt return for a touchdown, which seemed like one of the first ones in a long, long time that the Bulldogs have done that. And Pope's score got negated by a penalty. And you look back at the previous week where Deron Bland had that awesome six-six that got called back for a, a holding or a blocking penalty on the return. And there have been some really big ones lately, but uh, the course of the season, it's, it's been an issue as well. Yeah, it seemed like uh, the last couple of games, it's just been uh, it been very glaring on how many penalties there were, especially on that, uh, I believe it was an interception return for a touchdown that got called back. Am I, I'm, am I correct on that, or was that a punt return? I can't remember what it was, <laughs> Jackson. You tell me. Yeah, I guess the Lobos, they had Zane Pope brought back a punt return for a touchdown, and then that one got called back. So that was, especially because it's been so long since Fresno State's had one of those, that was uh, tough to see. (laughs) 
Yeah, I kind of I I knew it was either an interception or a punt. It's just you know it's it's been a long week. <laughs> but uh, switching gears, moving to the other side of the ball, Fresno State's defense against New Mexico's offense. What's your take here? How did the Bulldogs do? It, obviously, they did a lot better than they did against Boise. So, how do you break this one down? Yeah, defensively, uh, the Bulldogs had a, a solid day. Um, I mean, the, the Lobos were without their starting quarterback, which they have been for a few weeks now. And uh, their passing numbers, as ugly as they were, were not really out of the norm. They only completed two of eight passes for 34 yards and an interception, which uh, no matter how good of a running game you have, is going to be tough to win football games. Uh, but the Bulldogs held their own in the running game, too. And uh, what was really wild was... Um, New Mexico's basically the only two players that took handoffs in this game were both targeted by Fresno State or were even on the Bulldog roster at one point. You had uh, Aaron Dumas, who was a uh, a pretty solid recruit, one of the only the four running backs that the Bulldogs offered last year. And uh, once the Bulldogs uh, sealed up commitments from Jordan Hornbeek and Jonathan Arsenault, uh, it was understandable why they didn't have room for anyone else. And uh, Dumas was one of the other two they went after, and he ends up at New Mexico. Ironically, the true freshman is uh, the leading running back for the Lobos, and, and Hornbeek and Arsenal have been not able to play a snap this year, kind of waiting their turn. So depending on what you're looking for, uh, hasn't been all too bad for him. But he ended up with 23 carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a good number of those yards came off of one big 63-yard rush that he had. And then Peyton Dixon, who was a really promising running back for the Bulldogs at Reno uh, two years ago as a true freshman. Uh, he ended up going to UC Davis last year, and now he's at New Mexico this year. Uh, he touched the ball five times for 20 yards and uh, did some kick returns. And that was about all the production that New Mexico had offensively. They had under 200 yards. Uh, they had just the one score that, as mentioned, probably shouldn't have even happened. The Fresno State avoided the penalty. And... Um, yeah, it was just a, a pretty dominant day. Uh, the Lobos, again, they have an offense that is not very potent, but uh, can catch you off guard, and it only happened to Fresno State once in four quarters. So it was a, a pretty solid day overall. Yeah, so Fresno State ends up coming out of this one uh, unscathed pretty much. Uh, and some of the uh, players got going again, and it looks like Bulldogs are in, are in great shape now, uh, confidence-wise, heading into the the Thanksgiving uh, break here uh, against uh, San Jose State, where they're going to be facing on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so we get to watch Bulldogs while having some turkey, right, Jackson? That's going to be <laughs> going to be kind of fun. Uh, well, I'll 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 be sitting here eating turkey. Unfortunately, you're going to have to be sitting there. Watching the pig skin being thrown around, uh, but uh, Jackson is going to be making the trip for that one for uh, coverage for uh, for Fresno State Bulldogs. So stay tuned for that. But Jackson heading into the San Jose State game, there's going to be a lot on the line. Uh, once uh, the other teams in the Mountain West play this week, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But the Bulldogs still have a chance at the Mountain West title, right? Uh, heading into this one against San Jose State. Yeah, all they need is for one San Diego State loss to occur, and the Aztecs have to play twice. The Bulldogs only have to play once, so uh, they need that 
San Diego State loss, and of course, the Bulldogs need to beat San Jose State to capitalize on that. But um, an Aztecs loss is certainly not out of the question. Uh, they have to play at UNLV on Friday this week, which is um, here said been done these days. The Rebels have pulled off uh, two wins now and are looking a whole lot better. And that game's going to kick off at 8:30 p.m. on Friday night. So uh, whichever team is uh, at least tired by the end of the night might pull that one off. But uh, probably the more realistic game to watch is going to happen uh, next week, on the, also on a Friday, the day after the Bulldog game against San Jose State. Uh, the Aztecs will host Boise State for a 9 a.m. Friday night or Friday morning game, excuse me. And uh, if the Broncos or the Rebels can beat San Diego State over the next uh, 10 days, then the Bulldogs have uh, the opening to get into the Mountain West Championship game. They probably wouldn't host it. Uh, it would take some more stuff to happen, but uh, that's all he's asking for if you're Fresno State is to, to get into that game. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you would, uh, the safer bet is for Fresno State to beat San Jose State than for San Diego State to win those two games. But uh, you'd much rather be in the aspect position where you control your own destiny. So kind of a, a wait and see for the dogs. And um, hopefully uh, for Fresno State, uh, UNLV can, can make that happen so that the Bulldogs know what the, what's on the line when they go to San Jose State. They're also going to have to get up early Friday morning and play the, the scoreboard watching game. Yeah, this is definitely uh, going to be interesting for Bulldogs fans. Uh, they're going to be doing a little bit of scoreboard watching this uh, this weekend and next weekend. Uh, as long as Fresno State can can take care of business uh, against San Jose in San Jose, uh, then things will be very interesting say to say the, the the least and we will break that down uh, later on in the podcast right now Jackson let's go ahead and break down this matchup where Fresno State faces San Jose State offensively Fresno State should be able to match up well against San Jose State and what do you got here as far as how you see these two matching up yeah you know it's also important to note that while Fresno State has a lot on the line so does San Jose State because uh, they were uh, they were the defending Mountain West champions. Uh, they won it last year. They went undefeated, and that's off the table. They can't. There's no way for them to get into the championship at this point in the year. But they are five and six, and uh, the conference has six bowl eligible teams. So if they can win this one on Thanksgiving, they get to six and six. Uh, it would give them bowl eligibility. Uh, it doesn't guarantee them a spot in postseason play, but uh, I mean that's enough <laughs> when. Your uh, your five and six would be motivated to try to get that game and try to get to a bowl game, especially when you're a team that uh, had those expectations going into the season as kind of the the, the bottom line, the minimum of what you were thinking you were going to get out of this year. Um, they had an ugly final score last week against Utah State, but you don't have to look too far back where they only lost to, at Nevada by three points on a field goal at the very last play of the game. Uh, a few weeks prior, they took San Diego State to double overtime. The Aztecs had a walk-off touchdown. I mean, they could be very, very easily 7-4 uh, and four with uh, the, the Mountain West, West Division on the line against the Bulldogs right now had they been able to pull those two games off. So this is still a, a really solid San Jose State team. Um, they had quarterback injuries early in the year. Nick Sarkle missed uh, about five games, I believe. So, um I mean, it's a team right now that is, again, better than its record shows. And uh, they took some lumps earlier in the year when things weren't going 
well, and they've been playing a lot better lately. Uh, things got away from them last week against Utah State, but yeah, this is not a bad team at all. They returned basically their whole defense. That's probably going to be the biggest challenge for the Dogs. And then when you look offensively, uh, they've got Starko, as mentioned. He's got a really good arm. They've got Nick Nash as well, who was the replacement quarterback. We're still going to see some, some snaps, most likely. He's a dual-threat guy, which is always a, a challenge. Um, they don't have a whole lot of receiving weapons, but they do have tight end Derek Deese, who's going to be one of the best tight ends you're going to find in the conference. And um, maybe even less about the talent, but more about the usage. He's legitimately their go-to receiver. Sometimes you see some really good tight ends, but they're second or third on the, the pecking order for targets. This guy's their number one guy for sure. And uh, lastly, they've got uh, two running backs that are pretty solid, Tyler Nevins and Kyrie Robinson. And Evans is just a really physical guy. And he's one of those backs where if you don't bring it on defense, uh, he can kind of set the tone against you and make it a long night. So um, they've got a a well-rounded team. And uh, it's just been kind of a a down season for them compared to what they were a year ago. And uh, uh, they certainly are capable of putting it all together on a given night, as we've seen a couple of times this year. Yeah, San Jose being the returning uh, Mountain West uh, champions from last season. Of course, it was an abbreviated season. Um, still can't take that away from them. And they they are going to be playing the part of the spoilers here. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure the Bulldogs do not have a shot at uh, the conference championship because this, let's not forget, this is still one of the oldest rivalries that Fresno State has, uh, and it's against San Jose State. And so there is no no, no love lost between these two teams, right, Jackson? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, the last the two teams didn't play last year. The Bulldogs had some issues when the game came up and they got canceled. Um, so that's going to be a, a two-year break. Uh, we'll see if that bring, makes uh, these players even more excited to play the game or if you've got some uh, newer players that aren't as well-versed with the rivalry. But um, I'll tell you, the last time these two teams played over in San Jose, going through the, the facilities and everything, I mean, every wall, every door, the bathroom door has beat Fresno taped on it. So uh, Boise State, uh, excuse me, San Jose State, their head coach, Brent Brennan, he's going to have, uh, his guys as uh, re- ready to go as possible to play in this rivalry game. And again, it's another one of those things you can notch on your belt if you're a team that is uh, just five and six. But if you can beat your rival, get more eligible, uh, you can accomplish a lot of things relative to your overall record. Yeah, so this one is going to be one of those where you can pretty much throw the records out the window, um, similar to that one where Fresno State took on Hawaii. It, these this is another one of those games where uh, these two teams pretty much do not like each other and they love nothing better than to beat each other. Uh, so just uh, watch out. This one's going to be uh, should be a good one, entertaining game to 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 take part in. Now defensively for Fresno State, uh, how do they match up against the San Jose State team? Um, I, I believe it's a, another good matchup on paper, Jackson. But breaking it down, how do you see this one? Yeah, I think um, the San Jose State has got some weapons, but they haven't quite been the same offensively this year. They lost their two-star receivers from last season, uh, Trey Walker and Bailey Gaither. And those guys, along with Nick Starkle's arm, really made that offense move last year to the degree to where they were conference champions. 
And uh, both of those guys tried to move on to the NFL, and so uh, they really haven't found a replacement for them, even to this point. And that has made them a, a less potent uh, offensive attack, and I think it opens up Fresno State to um, exploit some things. Uh, the Bugs, I think they have good, maybe not great cornerbacks, and so uh, these are going to be receivers on the outside that they can certainly handle compared to guys that might have had big days <laughs> had they stayed uh, their stars from last year. Uh, you look at their running game, it's a little inconsistent, and when they do run, it, it goes a long way in their success. Uh, Tyler Nevins has had some pretty big games for the Spartans, and they've had some games where they don't run the ball much at all, or at least not successfully. And I think that's an opportunity Fresno State can, can make happen here. Uh, they've done a really good job defending the run, especially between the tackles. Uh, San Jose State's going to run out of the shotgun mostly, but um, it should be some pretty basic runs. And if they can win in the trenches and wrap up Nevins, uh, it's going to make for some second and third and longs for San Jose State which should play into the Bulldogs' favor. And um, the biggest tasks are going to be stopping uh, Derek East, the tight end, as mentioned. Um, they've got a couple of receivers that have, have some numbers, but uh, Deese is the, the really the, the special weapon they have to go to. And Fresno State's got a variety of things they can do. Um, the Husky nickelback position has been uh, kind of the, the X factor for Fresno State in defending these kind of guys. So... A lot will be on Justin Houston and Amari Tate in this matchup. Uh, if they can limit these, that'll go a long way. we we'll also see probably some linebackers chipping in and some safeties on that matchup. But um, yeah, if the Bulldogs can limit the running game and uh, counter what Deese says, uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, additional uh, options for the Spartan offense. And uh, it'll turn into a grind really quickly if they can uh, take out their, their strength. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's going to be a good matchup here. Uh, you know, Jackson does cover San Jose State. Uh, it's one of the teams he covers for twenty four seven Sports. So if anybody's going to know about the Spartans team, <laughs> it's Mister Jackson Moore here. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Jackson, this a lot of going on in this game. A lot of implications for both teams. Uh, you know, Bulldogs are chasing a, a championship. San Jose's chasing a bowl eligibility. And so it a lot of it's going to play in part to what happens this this upcoming weekend and um there's a a lot going up and going on in the Mountain West. I mean tomorrow uh Friday night there's uh two games on there that are already going to have some implications. You've got Air Force in Nevada and San Diego State and UNLV. Look let's look first at that Air Force in Nevada game where uh, if Nevada can knock off Air Force, uh, that will pretty much seal the deal for Utah State. Well, maybe not. Uh, Boise still has an outside chance to <laughs> to win that division if Boise takes care of uh, of business here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but it would knock Air Force out of contention, leaving only Utah State and Boise State uh, for that the chance to to win that that division did Utah state and Boise state go head to head this year? Yeah. And uh, Boise state just obliterated them. So, oh, okay. uh, so, so there, there's the tiebreaker <laughs> then. So if, if they end up with the same record, Boise state automatically goes to the championship game. So, so also you've got air force with two losses who beat 
um, Boise State, but lost to Utah State. So <laughs> you so could th- also have a three-way tie there. And um, it does sound like the computers probably would favor Boise State. Um, so the Broncos are, are probably uh, the favored of the three-way tie if it does come to that. So, like I said, if you didn't think things were interesting yet, hold on, because it's about to get really interesting. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you've got the San Diego State game against UNLV. Now, uh, one could argue San Diego State's got this one in the bag if you look at the records. However, UNLV has been in every single one of their losses. And theoretically, they could easily be um, they could easily be have a winning record right now in leading the conference. Uh, do you agree, Jackson? This is a UNLV, UNLV team that's not as bad. Yeah, I mean, they've got two back-to-back wins. They beat Hawaii 27-13 last weekend. They beat New Mexico 31-17 the week prior. And uh, a lot of the games have been very competitive uh, leading up to that. Of course, Bulldog fans saw firsthand that game against the Rebels was a 38-30 to Fresno State win. Uh, they went to UTSA, who is still undefeated and is ranked. Uh, they lost that game 24-17, to the Rebels did. And uh, they also played Utah State, who is uh, leading the Mountain Division, as mentioned, and lost by four. They played San Jose State and lost by seven. So they were really, really close to getting over the hump. Um, the biggest thing they've got going for them is Charles Williams, a running back who had Get this last week: thirty-eight carries for two hundred and sixty-six <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. He, he still so plays for say, them. <laughs> yeah, so, so you say if um, uh, if he can carry thirty-eight times for two hundred sixty-six yards and three <laughs> touchdowns against San Diego State, they'll probably win. Uh, can his body handle that? <laughs> Six days. It'll be a short week for them after playing uh, as much as he did. I don't know. And if if Williams is fatigued, I don't see the Rebels having much of a shot. But if he can, if he can keep getting it out, and uh, he's got two weeks left of his college career before it's finally over, and uh, <laughs> if he can sustain it, I mean, I think San Diego State's basically a team we've seen on a weekly basis. They're going to score between like 17 and 24 points or so, so it only takes a couple of scores and a, a big play here or there to really be in it at the end, and uh, the Rebels have been that kind of team this year. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a, a game to to watch. If I wanted to watch one of those two games, it's probably going to be the San Diego State UNLV game because everybody knows I really hate watching Air Force play. So, um, <laughs> but before we dive deeper into this, I almost forgot to ask about San Jose State's defense against Fresno State's off uh, offense. You know, how do you see this one? How do you break down the Spartans uh, against uh, Fresno State? Yeah, the, the thing I'm most curious about seeing is how they do match up as far as the teams go because San Jose State does run a 3-4 defense and the Bulldogs haven't seen a, a lot of that this year. At least it's been a while. Uh, it feels like most of the conference has gone to the 4-2-5 defense. And, um, I mean, recently the Bulldogs played, I think, the only two, uh, two of the few schools in college football that run a 3-3-5 defense with New Mexico and San Diego State. And, uh, the coaching trees they share uh, that the Bulldogs have faced over the last three games. So uh, this is going to be a, a different attack than the, than the Bulldogs have seen in a while. So how they adjust to that is going to be huge. Uh, the Spartans, you know, usually when you have a 3-4 defense, you have these huge defensive linemen up front. But uh, the Spartans have been very effective in a different way. Uh, Kay Hall was 
he's a defensive end. He was the uh, conference's defensive player of the year last year. He's 6'3", 270, so, I mean, big, but not massive. And then you've got Junior Fajoto on the other side. He's a guy that's also 6'4", 260. So they're using speed rather than girth on the ends. And uh, Junior Fajoto's got seven sacks this season. Kate Hall's got four. Those two guys really cause a lot of trouble in the backfield, and they just are really good at winning one-on-one matchups. And then you've got, you know, as you remember in the, the Tim DeRuiter era, usually you've got an outside linebacker that's uh, attacking on most plays, so you're going to have a four-man rush, but that guy's going to come off the edge. Um, but otherwise, you look at the rest of the lineup, Kyle Harmon is one of the nation's leaders in tackles at inside linebacker. He's got 122 He's going to be the cleanup guy, and uh, he does have some pretty uh, some pretty hard hits under his belt and some strength that he's going to be coming at Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims with. Uh, if you look up what he did against UNLV earlier this year, uh, he uh, had the game-winning sack or game-sealing sack. You don't hear that very often, but um, UNLV had a chance to, to score there at the end of the game, and by the time the quarterback snapped the ball and looked one direction, he was getting just hammered by Harmon and one of the most uh, brutally legal hits I've seen in a long time. So he's uh, definitely a one to watch and you hope that uh, the Bulldogs can avoid him as much as possible. And in the secondary, they've got some pretty productive players as well. Uh, Trey Jenkins and Jay Leonard, uh, those two guys have been solid for them. Um, and then Nehemiah Shelton is a, a big, long corner who's going to cause some trouble for uh, whichever Fresno State receiver matches up against him. Uh, he's a 6'2", 170, really long wingspan. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Dogs. Um, he's definitely their go-to corner. They've got a couple of other guys that will uh, contribute. Um, they've got um, uh, Kenyon Reed, who was a transfer from Kansas State, probably the most talented corner. That would be number two to him, but they're going to rotate that position around quite a bit. So, I mean, again, this is the pretty much minus one guy uh, the exact same defense that uh, won the Mountain West Championship last year and it's been the most uh, the, the side of the, the ball that does most resemble to who they were last year uh, the offense has taken a step back but this defense is still uh, very much a problem yeah so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulldogs uh, take care of this defense uh, offensively it seems like uh, the last few games, the Bulldogs have been exposed uh, one way or another. Um, they're they're getting to Jay Kaner, which, uh, you know, is a problem. <laughs> Got to keep Jay Kaner upright and uh, healthy in order to make it through the end of the season here. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be one of those games that is definitely going to be very, very chippy. Um, and... We have to see just how everyone handles uh, this one in this matchup. Now, back in, heading back into the Mountain West, the additional games on this week, some of the other ones probably not as high profile as, as, as the ones that uh, were happening tomorrow night, but you've got Colorado against Hawaii. Um, you've got Wyoming and Utah State, New Mexico and Boise State. Probably the one that's going to be the highlight of that one on Saturday is probably going to be that Utah State-Wyoming game. Um, what do you think, Jackson? That one is probably has a little bit of implications as what's going to happen in the Mountain West uh, Championship, right? 
Yeah, so first things first for the Bulldogs, they got to win the division, which as we've laid out, they need San Diego State to lose and the Bulldogs need to win. Uh, there's the scenario, you go a few dominoes further where the Bulldogs could even host the Mountain West Championship if that previous scenario uh, is accomplished by the Bulldogs. And one of the things that needs to happen is Utah State needs to lose because they've only got one conference loss, and if they win their division, they're going to host regardless of um, how the Bulldogs finish here if they were to win the division. So uh, you put your Wyoming Cowboys hat on against the Aggies. Uh, I mean, it's a game Utah State should win and uh, are going to be favored in, but sometimes you get these mountain teams together and close games and and weird stuff happens. So uh, you never know. Um, You also need Boise State to lose uh, because if the Broncos emerge as the Mountain Division champion and they've got two losses, and Fresno State's your West Division champion with two losses, then the Bulldogs would be headed to Boise to play in the championship game. So um, they're, they're, they've got New Mexico this week. I doubt they lose that one. But um, uh, if something odd happened, it would certainly play in the Bulldogs' favor. So uh, two other lesser matchups to watch uh, as far as the Fresno State's implications. And then, uh, yeah, you've got Hawaii and Colorado State as the nightcap. And um, we'll see if the Rainbow Warriors can get their second conference win in addition to the one they have over the dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how things shake out this weekend. Uh, whatever happens this weekend then opens up the you know, the whole gambit for next week. Uh, of course, Fresno State and San Jose State are, are going to be up first on that Thursday uh, afternoon game on Thanksgiving. Then you've got Friday night's game, uh, Friday Friday games. You've got Boise and San Diego State. That is going to have some huge implications as well as if the San Diego State ends up winning um, this weekend's game. Um, and then... Uh, of course, UNLV faces off against Air Force, which could also have some implications. And then um, let me see Utah State taking on New Mexico. That one should be a no-brainer. Utah State should be able to take care of business there, which means the last opportunity possibly for Utah State to trip up would be this weekend um, against uh, Wyoming. So that's going to be... One that everyone's going to have to keep an eye on is going to be Utah State against Wyoming because if Utah ends up winning against Wyoming, then they pretty much have an open road right to hosting the conference championship. Right, Jackson? Yeah, and as far as, um, I mean, theoretically, as far as the possibility goes, it would still be undecided going into the last weekend, but it would be nice as far as, you know, you're talking about the Bulldogs need San Diego State to lose. You want Boise State as motivated as possible when they go there. And uh, if their mountain division is legitimately on the line in that game, they're going to definitely give the Aztecs their best shot. Um, so uh, it would definitely <laughs> serve the Bulldogs well Double in more sword. ways than one if, uh, if Utah State would trip up against Wyoming this weekend. Um, but at the same time, again, if uh, it does play out that way and Boise wins the division without losing, then uh, the Bulldogs are headed to, have probably headed to the blue turf for the championship game. <laughs> and, again. Uh, that's, that's better than not being in the championship game, but it's uh, less than ideal. <laughs> yes, and they would get a second shot at Boise State. So and uh-huh. I, I bet a lot of players uh, would 
like to have a second shot at Boise after what happened here in Bulldog Stadium. However, it, the dogs will have to travel to the blue turf in order to accomplish that. And uh, things can get a little different there, uh, especially if it starts to snow. You've been there when it <laughs> snowed, Jackson. How does that feel? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, it's cold, and it was, I'm surprised the Bulldogs played as well as they did under those circumstances. But I can also tell you, uh, Logan, Utah is probably going to be even colder and potentially more snowier <laughs> than <laughs> that Boise experience was. So uh, while uh, the blue turf is a little more uh, intimidating, uh, the weather will probably be worse <laughs> in Logan, Utah, <laughs> if it plays out that way. So you'd rather go to Boise than Utah. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, things uh, things are going to get very interesting now. Depending on if the Bulldogs can take care of business and the Aztecs can take a loss, that would s- certainly help the Bulldogs' chances in getting into the conference championship. All things are going to be revealed this partially revealed this weekend and fully revealed next weekend. So hopefully uh, things start to work out in the Bulldogs' favor and we'll see how things uh, pan out um, here in the next few days. But uh, Jackson, um, for Fresno State, before we switch gears and and do a little bit of basketball coverage real quick, um, Fresno State's football recruiting, any breaking news, anything you want to share with in regards to uh, football recruiting right now? Yeah, the Bulldogs have uh, just picked up some momentum this month. They have had a couple of commitments added, but um, they are brewing up for the big run here down the final stretch of signing day in December, and uh, the official visits are coming. But, yeah, we've learned a lot from game days. A lot of different recruits have come in and a lot of key recruits for this year's class, and they've done very well in Stockton so far in this class. They've only got one out-of-state commit, so it's been a really homegrown class so far. Um, but yeah, we've seen a couple of surprise names stop by Bulldog Stadium and a chance for Fresno State to make some splashes here. Been covering that on, on the premium board. But um, yeah, it's also been nice to see a lot of local recruits from the, the upcoming classes stop by as well. Uh, they've sent out a lot of offers for 2023 and they've gotten a really good jump on that class. So uh, the Bulldogs have had no shortage of effort on the recruiting trail. And um, I know the class isn't particularly ranked number one in the Mountain West, but a lot of that goes into class size. And the Bulldogs are looking at having a probably a smaller class. They had only 15 uh, scholarship seniors this year. And um, I'm sure they're going to be working the transfer portal as well as pretty much everyone is going to be doing now these days. So uh, a smaller, probably a smaller class for the dogs this year. And we'll see uh, what comes from the, the portal as Fresno State fills in the gaps from uh, however, this offseason pans out. Yeah, definitely. Things are going to start to to shake out here uh, as we approach that December 15th uh, uh, signing day. Uh, and stay tuned for coverage on that as we continue to track all the latest news on Fresno State recruiting. So uh, just keep an eye on that. Jackson and I will try and, and, and get uh, another one of these podcasts out right during the recruiting period so where we can kind of sit down and and break down each commit for Fresno State so as always stay tuned as we get all the developing news on Fresno State football recruiting but now Jackson let's switch gears a little bit head into Fresno State basketball as things start to uh, get moving on Fresno State and what's the latest that you uh, 
want to share as far as Fresno State basketball is concerned? Yeah, the Bulldogs are 3-0 and right now, and they've looked uh, very solid doing it. Uh, the most recent game against Idaho was a little more of a, a contest. I mean, the, the exhibition and the first two wins were all by 20-plus points. Uh, Idaho made things a little bit more difficult, but the Bulldogs did lead pretty much the entire game, and it never got too close for comfort. But, um, yeah, again, also, you just you haven't seen the whole team at full strength quite yet. Uh, Deion Stroud made his season debut against Idaho, and had a really strong showing. They, they didn't put him in until after halftime, but then he played 17 minutes, scored 13 points, and um, really made some big plays that kept Idaho from kind of getting over the hump and making that a real game. Uh, the Bulldogs still don't have Junior Ballard back. Uh, it looks like he's getting closer. And um, Jamal Baker uh, seemed to be playing through some pain in that game as well. So it's going to be, uh, hopefully they can get everyone kind of healthy and on the same page and I think there's a chance for um, the team to look really good once it hits that. But uh, they are going to be on the road now. They've got a uh, – it's not really a tournament. It's kind of a neutral site deal where a couple different teams are going to be. The Bulldogs will take on Pepperdine and Santa Clara. And that Santa Clara team is uh, really impressive. They just totally uh, boat raced Stanford the other day. And they've got uh, their top three scorers back, and they've added a transfer. The, the, the four of those guys are all really, really solid scorers for them. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a really good test. They may really be the most talented team or the, the most you know, um, veteran and um, experienced team that the Bulldogs are going to play in the non-conference schedule. So that'll really kind of show us uh, how good this team is relative to um, some of the uh, – uh, the Bulldogs haven't played a lot of stiff competition quite yet, but – that'll really be the good measuring stick to see where Fresno state stacks up against a kind of a more national scale. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to watch as, as the Bulldogs start getting things going. It looks like um, they're geared up to, to possibly have a good season, right, Jackson? It looks like uh, things are, are, are looking bright for the Bulldogs. Yeah, they were picked six in the uh, mountain West. And I think there's a lot of room for them to outperform that. Um, the, I think they're definitely in that top half of the conference and we'll see how far they can climb. I think if everything comes together, they can really contend for the, the Mountain West title, but probably kind of third or fourth in that pecking order right now. I remember one year where the Bulldogs were, were picked six and ended up winning the whole conference. Uh, Jackson, I don't know if you remember that, but they were slated to be in the middle and then ended up winning the whole thing. Another possibility here this year? Uh, definitely possible. I mean, I think there's not a whole lot of separation between those maybe top four or five teams or so, and I think the Bulldogs are right in that mix. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much credit the Sunsons gets because um, if they produce three or four um, March Madness teams, I mean, the Bulldogs could be in that mix. But uh, this non-conference schedule I don't think is going to do them a whole lot of favors in terms of uh, – uh, building a resume, uh, there's little room for uh, error here. Not a lot of impressive names on that schedule and some decent challenges that they're going to have to face. So they can't really afford to have too many slip-ups in non-conference. But uh, if they can be a, maybe a top-three finisher and have a 20-plus win season, they may be in that discussion at the end of the year, even if they don't win the conference. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to watch, see how things uh, shake out for the Bulldogs. But another thing that's happening right now is there's uh, 
I, I guess there's been some big news and developing news as far as the recruiting front is for Fresno State uh, basketball. And what more can you tell us about this? Yeah, the Bulldogs, they, they landed this commit uh, a little while back. But um, as we talk about football signing day in December, uh, basketball signing day has now happened earlier this month uh, recently. And Joseph Hunter, the big four-star recruit from Memorial, is officially a Bulldog. He signed on the dotted line. And, uh, that, I mean, that is a, a big deal for Fresno State. He's the, the highest-ranked recruit the Bulldogs have gotten in a decade. And, um, I mean, one of the guys that could have gone anywhere in the nation and chose to stay home and be a Bulldog, and that's really, really exciting for, for Fresno State fans. And, uh, I mean, a top 100 recruit projected to be a professional player at some point. And the fact that uh, he'll be at Fresno State is, is huge for the Dogs. And, We'll see how much of Fresno State's roster they can keep together. I know Orlando Robinson is knocking on the door for the NBA, and Deion Stroud tried to test the waters. So if they can keep as much of this roster together and add Joseph Hunter, uh, I mean, that is a a scary thought of what the Bulldogs might be able to do next season. And uh, we'll see if maybe Hunter's addition uh, kind of snowballs into some more recruiting success for the Dogs. But as of right now, he's the one signee, and... um, Everyone on Fresno State's roster is eligible to come back next year uh, because of there's no super seniors, and the couple of seniors they do have have a, a COVID year. So uh, the Bulldogs could be uh, at full strength with even another uh, big-time recruit on their roster next season, too. Yeah, and that should make for a fun team to watch. So as they develop this year, uh, if they can keep the nucleus of this team together, uh, it should be even more fun next year to watch them uh, hit the the hardwood uh, court here. And that being said, Jackson, uh, as we get ready to wrap this one up, any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this one up? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's the bye week right now, but the Bulldogs are practicing. Uh, the schedule is a little different because the Bulldogs are going to play uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, not just Thursday, but Usually when the Bulldogs play on a Thursday, it's at like 7 p.m. So uh, everything's moved back quite a bit. We've already been covering practices and have some notes on the premium board. And uh, that'll continue throughout the week. And uh, this weekend, when normally they would be at home watching football, they're going to be practicing because of uh, Saturday and Sunday are going to be like Tuesday and Wednesday of a normal week. So uh, it is the bye week, but... Uh, not time to check out on Fresno State football. It's still uh, a lot of news coming out and a lot of interviews will be posted on the boards from practice. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned. Always check out thebarkboard.com for your latest news and information um, as things progress uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, with that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page, uh, do a search for the barkboard.com and join that community 5,000 strong and growing. Um, and as always head over to the barkboard.com, become a, mem- a premium subscriber, get the latest news and updates way before anybody else does, uh, on our premium sections. So, uh, head over there and make that happen. Make yourself an early Christmas gift, um, right before the holidays here. And that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.